0: We're glad to have you here today. If you're new here, my name is Neil. I'm the pastor here at Cypress Street. We're glad to have you today. It's a little bit of an unusual Sunday for us. This is a a special week in the life of our church. Once a year we set a weekend aside to focus on the mission that Jesus passed on to us when he gave us the mission to go and make disciples of all nations, uh, teaching them to obey everything that he gave us and to do and and to baptize them. And so uh, one way that we do that is through our giving and this church is a, is a really generous church, and we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But anyway, if, you, if everything's about missions today and, uh, and everything's about giving to missions today, then you'll know why. This is our day of the year that we uh, dedicate ourselves and promise ourselves again to being part of what God's doing here and around the world. And so uh, those were some messages from some of the people that we partner with. And you can find a more complete list in your bulletin today of things that we support throughout the year and that we pledge ourselves to help with today Uh, if you're a guest and you have kids today then we've got some parent information for you and registration forms for your kids so if this is their first time here you can uh, fill that out and send it back with your child or take it back with your child and if you didn't get those on your way in you can find those out in the foyer and, and that'd be great All right, how about we we stand together, and we pray together, and we prepare our hearts to worship together. Father, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. What you're up to in our lives is, is significant, and yet pales in comparison to what you're up to throughout the world. And we know that our perspective is limited and that yours is unlimited. And today, God, help us to dream with you. Holy Spirit, would you meet us in this place? Would we be aware of your presence and worship today like we mean it? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're going to invite our ushers to come this morning. This is... Uh, Again, a little bit of an unusual day, but we're going to do our offering a little earlier in the service today because things are kind of shoveled around. But um, we, if you are a guest with us today, we've got a connect card, uh, hopefully in the seat in front of you, you just asking for a few pieces of information so I could send you a note this week. And so uh, we'd ask you if you have a chance to fill that out, you can stick it in this plate as it goes by, or you can just leave it on your seat. Or if you're tech savvy, you can uh, use your phone and scan the code in your bulletin and it'll take you to a form on your phone. Uh, So that'll work too. But uh, we're glad to be here. Again, if you're a guest, we don't expect anything from you financially today. We're just glad you're here with us. Uh, But this is, just to be clear, just a time for our regular giving. Whatever you would normally uh, do in giving on an average Sunday, then this is what this offering is for. Uh, Later in our service, we're going to have a time where those cards in your bulletin uh, will be collected for our promises for the year. And we'll talk more to you about that in a minute. But basically, it's going to be your total giving for the year, what you promised to give throughout the rest of 2019 until our next Faith Promise uh, weekend. Then uh, you would put that down on that card, and we'll do that after the message today in a separate time. So we won't put those cards in the plate now we're just going to um, take our regular offering so just wanted to make that uh, make everybody aware of that so with that said we're going to say a prayer we'll collect God we thank you so much for the ways that you've blessed us so richly Uh, God sometimes finances are still tight sometimes things are, are hard and yet you're faithful to us You always provide for us what we need. You've never yet not come through for us. And so we give faithfully and generously because we love to partner with what you're up to here and around the world. Thank you for the privilege to share in what you're doing and what you're up to through our giving. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have fought a good fight.
1: I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Those words from the Apostle Paul are a real challenge to every Christian believer, but especially to those of us who have been serving the Lord for many years.
0: Hi there.
1: We're Dave and Barbara Miller, and we're sending all of you greetings from Buenos Aires, Argentina, where we've been for a few days with Dave's brother, and sister in law. And we remember this time last year when we were with all of you. We'd also like to send special greetings to John and Gwen Johnson, longtime friends and colleagues. Uh, John's father, Don, was one of our mentors when we first started in missions, and his mother, Betty Jo, was actually our daughter Molly's first grade teacher one year when we lived in Anderson, Indiana. So, hello, John and Gwen. And we just wanted to, again, say thanks to all of you there at Cypress Street for your continued love, support, in prayer and finances, and to say a big thank you and have a great time celebrating the Lord during these days.
0: Ciao. Bye-bye for now. Well, that's uh, Dave and Barbara Miller, and you may remember them from last year, if you were here for last year's Faith Promise Weekend, because they were our, our guests that weekend, and they sent us that video and greeting uh, to Cy- their friends here at Cypress Street. And, of course, they're connected with John and Gwen Johnson, as they mentioned, and, and we're excited to hear that they were going to be our guests with us this year. And uh, we've enjoyed our time with, uh, with John and Gwen, and we look forward to uh, John sharing with us in a moment. I want to take a moment as well and just acknowledge that, you know, through what Dave and Barbara just shared and, and we've been supporting them for a long time and what the Kreitzer's uh, shared in their video greeting about uh, how many decades they'd been partners with this church uh, long before I ever showed up and just your faithfulness in giving and giving. And I don't know, I'm sure John and Gwen probably have more experience with faith promise uh, it's kind of stuff than, than me but I've never heard of a church that gives this generously per capita to missions through a faith promise campaign and I just uh, am amazed by you each year your generosity and that is something that uh, was a part of who you were before I, again before I ever showed up and it's been a neat thing to jump in and be a part of with you thank you for faithfully supporting missions uh, around the globe and here locally as well uh, every year Uh, through sacrificial and generous giving and uh, so today as we mentioned is a day that we focus on that again and we promise ourselves anew to be part of what God is up to and uh, we we're just excited uh, to be a part of that it was neat if you were here last night um, I we had had lunch with John and Gwen and I had mentioned just a little bit about the Uh, Because their background in cross-cultural ministry, I was like, you know, well, we're kind of experiencing some cross-cultural ministry in our student ministries on Wednesday nights and in our children's ministries on Wednesday nights. And those of you who work with our youth or our kids on Wednesday nights uh, can testify to that, that it's a little cross-cultural sometimes. And so it was neat then last night, uh, John felt led to share a little bit of a, a challenge with us that, yes, you know, our faith promise giving is important, but so is Faith Promise living, if I could put it that way, and, and that we have an opportunity in front of us on Wednesday nights to, um, to live out Faith Promise and to actually engage in what we have been supporting for years. And it's a stretching sort of thing and a challenging sort of thing, but uh, it, was, it was an encouraging and, and timely challenge, I felt like, for us, John, so thank you for sharing that, and uh, thank you, too for being so willing to let these students in and not only to let them be here, but to, um, to smile at them warmly, to treat them kindly, uh, even when you may feel like they could use a scolding, <laughs> you have been um, kind to them. And, and so we uh, continue to find out how we can best and most effectively Uh, work with those students and so continue to pray with us about that and pray about whether or not you could be a part of that and uh, we'd be glad for that to happen but I've got to stop talking and give John some space to come and share with us and so uh, John we welcome you again come and share with us
1: Gwen and I have been delighted to be with you uh, this weekend and Uh, Thankful for your warmth and hospitality, and it's just been a great joy. This morning, I'd like to share a story that's both extravagant and exceptional. It's a story of extravagant and exceptional giving. In fact, the people in this story give so much that, believe it or not, those in charge had to ask them to stop giving. I, probably it's about Cypress Street. I don't know. Can you imagine your Pastor Neil or, or Caroline Hogue saying, oh, Okay, folks, you have given enough. We have so much money. We have so much money that we don't know what to do with it. All of our missions, projects, and plans have been funded. We can't even imagine how to spend more money. Stop. <laughs> Stop. We'll tell you when you need to give again, but it's not going to be for a long, long time. That's uh, hard to imagine, isn't it? It's a kind of a good imagine, but it's hard to imagine. So this morning, I want to tell you a story like that, found in Scripture. It's a story like every story that has a context. And the physical context of this story is the wilderness, the the wanderings with Moses and the people. So this is a story uh, that has a a hard context. It's an awful, difficult context. It's a story full of self-centered sin, of failure of leadership, public disgrace, a public disgrace of God, sexual deviance, moral disregard, Righteous anger, extreme repression, there's a revolt in this story and there are are consequences uh, to this story. There's a story of uh, intercession as well. One man who intercedes uh, asking for amazing forgiveness, undeserved forgiveness, undeserved grace. And then there's a renewal of a covenant that takes place in this story as well. This story is found in uh, Exodus 32. Speaks of Moses going up on the mountain for a very long time. People begin to wonder, what has become of Moses? What has happened to him? What will become of us if uh, Moses doesn't return? Is there any hope for us? Who who will lead us out of this wasteland this wilderness and in their fear and panic they call for Aaron Moses brother and they say lead us Well you know the story perhaps Aaron calls for a missions offering and uh, he calls for that offering to be taken he says uh, hey everybody take off all your the gold that you have gold rings Uh, The the rings that are in your uh, ears, the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, your bracelets, bring it to me. And the people gave generously. And Aaron went and built an altar, uh, made a golden calf, and then called for a festival. And the whole thing went very, very wrong, very, very fast. So at that time, actually scripture indicates at that exact time when the people are having this uh well, it was kind of an orgy, to be totally honest. This festival. Moses returns from the mountain, and the people are caught in their sinfulness, in their rebellion. And Moses smashes those original stone tablets that had been carved, we are told by the very finger of God. And he called for the destruction of all the people who had rebelled against God. Somehow uh, Aaron, uh, Moses' brother, somehow he avoids uh, death. I, I'm not quite sure how that happened. Maybe he repented. We don't we don't know. It doesn't really say in Scripture, but it does say that um, there are consequences. God, in response, says that he will no longer go with this people. He's not going to take them on. A a holy God and a sinful people don't go together. And um, he said there there are consequences. And in fact, there were deadly consequences. Um, The people who were involved in that rebellion were killed. And... um, God says, I'm I'm done. I'm out of here. Have you ever felt in your life that God had just said to you, I'm done. I'm out of here? So Moses intercedes for the people. See if we can get Moses there. Moses intercedes for the people. And God relented. God says, okay, uh, I I will forgive you, and I will go with you. I will continue to lead you and be your God, and you will be my people. There is uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness was extended, and a new covenant between God and his people were established And I want you to listen this morning. I'm going to read a a little bit of the preamble to that. This is kind of God and Moses having a conversation. This is um, Exodus 34 6 through 10. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed. And for those of you who are in the, the little Sunday school class at the beginning, the Lord here is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's Yahweh. Yahweh is the God who is active and present in every situation to bring about our deliverance. So it is this God who speaks. And the Lord, the Lord a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, yet by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. We go like, oh, no, that doesn't sound like a grace grace-giving, loving God. Well, Do you see the contrast? Abounding in steadfast love, keeping steadfast love to the thousandth generation. Three or four generations have to deal with the consequences. It's an amazing statement, really. Moses quickly bows his head. Bows his head toward the ground and worships. And he said, If I have... Found favor in your sight, O Lord. I pray that the Lord will go with us. Although this stiff-necked people, this is a stiff-necked people, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. And that's exactly what the Lord does. He pardons their sin and takes them as his inheritance. And that sets the stage, really, That forgiveness sets the stage for an amazing offering. There was an offering before, but now listen to this offering. I'm going to skip to chapter 35 of Exodus, and uh, I'm going to start with 35 verses 4 through 10. Moses said to all the congregation of the Israelites, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Let whoever is of a generous heart bring the Lord's offering. Gold, silver, bronze, blue and purple and crimson yarns and fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ramskins, skins and fine leather, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing, and the fragrant incense and onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod and the breastpiece. Listen to verse 10 of chapter 35. All who are skillful among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle. So this offering is to be used for this tabernacle. The story continues. I'm skipping down to verse 20. Then, listen to the response of this congregation. Then all the congregation of the Israelites withdrew from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart was stirred. So just pause there. Everyone whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to be used for the tent of meeting. And for all its service and for its sacred vestments. And so they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart, and they brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and pendants, all sorts of gold objects, everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord. Where did all those gold things come from? It came as they left Egypt. The people were so happy that they were leaving here. Take this, take this, go, go, go. And now God says, will you give what you did not earn? What came because I went before you? Will you give that? And the people gave. Everyone who had a generous and willing heart, both men and women, gave. Verse 26. All the women whose hearts were moved to use their skill spun the goat's hair. 29. All the Israelite men and women, whose hearts made them willing to bring anything for the work of the Lord, the, the work the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. It's a really an interesting story. And then, at the end of verse 35, at the end of chapter 35, we're introduced to two men, and I think I have met them here already this weekend. Now, these guys have different names than we have, but I've met people like this in your congregation. They are called Basilel and Aholiab. So you need to look to some of the men in this church and say, So are you Basilel or Aholiab? Because here they are, we're introduced to them in Scripture. Listen to what it says, verses 30 to 35. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with divine spirit, with skill, intelligence, and knowledge in every kind of craft, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in the cutting of stones for the setting, and in carving of wood of every kind of craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Aholiab, son of Ahishamak, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do every kind of work done by an artisan, or by a designer, or by an embroiderer in blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and in fine linen, or by a weaver, by any sort of artisan, or skilled designer. Now that's a whole lot of stuff. But here it is. God called the people to give an offering, and then created people within the community to kind of shepherd the process to fulfill what God had uh, desired to happen. So chapter 36 then says, Basilel and Aholiab and every skillful one to whom the Lord has given skill and understanding to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Verse number two. Moses then called Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled one to whom the Lord had given skill. Everyone whose heart was stirred to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the freewill offerings that the Israelites had brought. And so here we go. Here's... Uh, Bezalel and Oholiab's back there I'm guessing. Uh, photography wasn't real good back then so we kind of have to kind of have to see back there into the shadows. Moses calls uh, Bezalel and Oholiab and everyone who is skilled the Lord has given skill and everyone whose heart was stirred. And then the amazing thing happens. Here's this stop sign again. And the people kept bringing and bringing and bringing, bringing their gifts until finally Moses, Moses had to say, "Stop." Verse three of chapter 36. They kept bringing him free will offerings every morning so that all the artisans who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came each. From the task being performed. And said to Moses. The people are bringing much more than is enough. For doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command. And the word was proclaimed throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else. As an offering for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained. From bringing. For what they had already brought. Was more than enough to do all the work. Now, wouldn't that be an amazing thing today? Everyone in this sanctuary whose heart's been stirred, and you begin to come, and uh, the person running the adding machine in just a moment is just, they've got so much, and they keep plugging in the numbers, and pretty soon the smoke starts coming out of that uh, (laughs) that calculator deal over there, and uh, they just say, stop, stop. Like we're... I asked the pastor, you know, what happens if you go over 30,000? And he kind of looked at me and laughed. I, shoot, this may go up to 50. Who knows what it will do? But wouldn't it be amazing if the pastor stood up and said, Look, my wife's finger is being worn out because she's punching those buttons. And you guys just, you just save some of that for next year because we've got more than enough. In the end of, chap, of the book of... Exodus. Several more chapters. The sanctuary of the Lord is completed. Uh, Maybe that's what it looked like. Some artists thought maybe that's what it looked like. Moses and the people have done everything that the Lord commanded. And then the Lord graciously fills the tabernacle with his presence. And the presence of the Lord is evident. Now at every stage of the journey. Now that's a, that's a remarkable story. Some of us think little of the Old Testament. The Hebrew Bible. We kind of go like it's all about Jesus. And it is. But wow. So if I was going to kind of try to capture this story. I, I would say forgiven people. Forgiven people can change the world. The other night I talked about the, the, the task that we're about. Proclaim the gospel, demonstrate the gospel, tell the gospel, and change the world. And here's a group of people who... Have been forgiven and they know it. They have almost been abandoned and they know it. And almost been abandoned not because God is not faithful. But because they have been sinful. And because they are undeserving. But they have been graciously forgiven. And now they set about the task of changing the world. understanding their identity, so that God could use them to change the world. Let's think about this just again for a moment. Let's try to capture all the pieces of this story and think about how it might connect with this congregation. A forgiven people. That's us. Only we, as individuals... And even we as a congregation know the depths of the forgiveness that was needed to bring us into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We are a forgiven people. And and we are a people, uh, Pastor Neil made reference to the fact that this is a generous people. You are a generous people. I think what you said, I don't know of any congregation our size that gives per capita what this congregation gives in faith promise consistently over years and years and years. When our generosity flows out of like we, we were generous last year so we need to be generous this year, that's not exactly the rootage of our generosity. Generosity comes from a recognition of God's faithfulness and his gracious forgiveness. And, and this is a forgiven people. We are a forgiven people. And therefore, everyone whose heart was stirred was generous. The story goes on to talk about uh, those who have skillful hands. God has blessed this people, you, and us this morning, uh, as a, a, a people who've been forgiven. I'm going to guess that each one of us could say, wow, if the people around us really knew some of the things that I've done, some of the places I've gone, some of the thoughts that I've thought, some of the actions that I've acted upon, that wouldn't go well. But we are forgiven people. And we are generous people because we have a generous God who has poured out on us, actually lavished upon us, grace upon grace, says in Ephesians chapter 1. And so we are people who have been forgiven and we are people who are generous in response. And we are a skilled people. There are teachers and craftsmen and pastors and accountants and all kinds of skills that are present in this room. Some that I may know a little bit about, but only you really know how God has skilled you, given you the ability to think and act and work for his kingdom in ways that another group of people wouldn't be who you are. So you are a forgiven people who has a a history of being generous and you are people who are skilled. And that's the kind of people that change the world. You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to go someplace else. You be who you are in Christ and you will change the world You will change this world right here. And you will have ripple effects that will literally change the world. Okay, so in Sunday school this morning I said, you know, I might call for an amen. Now's that time. Let me just say that again. You are a forgiven people. You are a people who has been generous in response to your forgiveness. And you are a people skilled by God's grace, and you can change the world. Amen. Amen. Faith promise is a whole lot more than just signing a number on a card, which is important. But faith promise is being who you are in Christ to change the world. Now that is a faith promise. I want to just give you one sentence a forgiven people with generous hearts and skillful hands can transform the world. A forgiven people with generous hearts and skillful hands can transform the world. I believe that. Do you believe that? There's like two of us more than me. I believe that. Do you believe that? Yeah. And it it, it doesn't say they, they know how to fill out a check or write a reach into their wallet. Yeah, generosity is more than money. It certainly is money, but it's more than that. If you would allow me, I want to make one change in that sentence. So, and I want to tell you a brief story. This is a place, St. Anthony's, in Egypt. So, St. Anthony was a monk. He was like the first monk. The first one who went out into the desert to leave the world that was so corrupt and evil. And he said, the best way I can live in relationship with God is to go into the mountains and their caves in that mountain behind. And go into those caves and dedicate my life to God. And that's what he did. He prayed and lived as a hermit for the rest of his life. And... Around him then developed this community, people who came because they wanted to follow his example. And so they developed this monastery. The monastery originally was built in around the 400s. This is ancient. And they built a a sanctuary. And when they built the sanctuary, you can't really see it, but all of the, the walls were covered with frescoes. So frescoes is painting that's actually when the plaster is wet, so it becomes part of the wall. In the 600s, 200 years after that monastery was built, uh, kind of bandits came across uh, the Sinai Peninsula, where this is in Egypt, and uh, they they killed all the monks who were in that monastery, and they established it as kind of like a fort for them. And they used the sanctuary where this is taken, this picture. They used that as their their kitchen. And for for more than 200 years, that monastery, which had been built uh, as a place dedicated to God, became a a fort for these uh, bandits out in the desert. All of these frescoes were covered with 200 years of cooking fire and grease and just yuck. And so from the year 800 until about the year 1985 or 1986, nobody knew that those frescoes were there. And somehow... Uh, they were doing a, a restoration project. They were kind of cleaning and somebody kind of cleaned through and they went. Huh? And they realized that the, all the walls that were covered with black soot and smudge and dirt. Underneath were, this, were these beautiful frescoes. I tell you that story for a reason because this is actually what I think. We need to think about a forgiven people with generous hearts and skillful hands. Yes, they can change the world, but really, they can make God's kingdom visible. Clean off the gunk to allow the presence and power of God to be seen. So this morning... As you give, as you write, and, and you're supposed to write on that card, what you would feel God is asking you to give for a year. Not, not a month or whatever, but just what you think God might be asking you to give. Money that you have intentionally saved, or money that you expect God will give. It's beyond what you can imagine, or uh, money that uh, God's just stirring in your heart right now. Whatever that number would be. You have an opportunity of joining with God to make his kingdom visible. Because Jesus has come. His kingdom is here. His kingdom is now. And we have an opportunity to make that rule and reign of God visible. Here, in Turkey, in Latin America, Native American ministry places. And God's asking you to be the forgiven people that you are, generous that you are, with the skills that you have, to make His kingdom visible. As Gwen comes, and maybe Miss Vicky, I want to tell you a, a story that they're going to uh, they're going to play a hymn. And I think while that hymn is being done, the offering is going to be taken. I'm looking at you, Pastor Neil. Is that right? They'll start collecting. So I want to tell you, this is a hymn. It's entitled, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. It's an old hymn. There was a man who was a hymn writer. And he went to, uh, 1936, went to a Sunday school convention. And he met a friend of his. His friend was um, a missionary in, in Brazil for his whole life. And when he came back, these two men at the Sunday school convention were talking And the missionary, missionary Jones from from Brazil, told him that the doctor had told him he wasn't going to be able to return to Brazil because of health reasons. And so this songwriter asked him, well, what are you going to do? And his response was, I don't know, but wherever he leads, I'll go. Maybe for us, whatever he leads I'll give, or whoever he calls me to be, I will be, so that the kingdom of God would be made
0: visible. All right, are you ready? Who's in charge of the drum roll? <laughs> hey, that's me. we have got a lot of, oh, y'all been holding out on me all this time. We've got an empty drum over here. I'm going to start recruiting some of y'all. All right, the total promised for 2019 came in at $29,073. So let's celebrate that together. Even heaven's applauding. <laughs>